and welcome to the Making of an Exception podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, this podcast is for anyone who's looking to be inspired, to gain new perspective on life, or is aspiring to live out their faith in whatever field they find themselves in. Each week we'll be interviewing influencers and creatives who are exceptions to the rule. The fact that they've gone through what they've gone through, walked through the challenges and pain that they have, and have been gifted the way they've been gifted is what makes them an exception. Our goal is that you'd hear this story today and you'd be inspired and challenged to be an exception in the making. Hey, this is Kirk Graham. You are listening to the Making of an Exception podcast. And today we got Kath Bros. What's up, Kath? Hello. Thanks for being here. So glad stoked. to be here. Glad to be here. Yeah. We're glad to have you. <laughs> I'm stoked to have you on the podcast. Kath is an author. Um, a writer, a uh, poet, you are a wife, you're a cat mom to yes. Floyd. Floyd. I know your cat, Floyd. Yes. It's amazing. I think everyone knows him. And uh, and I know a little bit of your story and journey and just who you are. Uh, I think you are insanely gifted as a writer, and I'd, I'd love to talk about today. I mean, this is the making of an exception. So you are an exception to the rule, and how did you get to where you are today? And so, um, yeah, I'd love for you to just start talking about who you are and uh, yeah, w- what you're doing right now um, yeah. as a writer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like you said, I'm a wife. Just got married how nine months ago. Nine, I think. I was at that wedding. Yeah. You sure were. You were in it. I was in that yeah, wedding. You yes. were in that wedding. Um, yeah. So we've been married nine months. Haven't killed each other yet. So Praise God. basically now we're writing a book on marriage yeah, because yeah. we know everything after yeah, yeah. nine months. So I, there's people's advice that says if you can get through the first year, then you're going to make yeah. it. But, but which is true. There's challenge in the first year, but I think the first year is, can be amazing. Yeah. So has it been awesome? Yeah. It's been great. I mean, definitely hard, yeah. but hard in like a good way. Yeah, totally. Really, really you're good. learning new rhythms. You're learning yeah. to how to share a bed and a bedroom and a house and yeah. all that. So totally. It's and amazing. I'm learning that I'm a lot messier than I ever thought I was. So Caleb, so your husband that. lets you know. Yeah, he's very neat. So we're navigating that, but you know, Work we'll, it out. we'll figure it out. Yeah. Learn how to communicate. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So married, um, just trying to navigate the freelance life, like writing yeah. and um, content creation and just figuring all of that out and what that looks like on an everyday basis. Yeah. So you, yeah, you don't work for a company. You don't work for a agency or anything like that as a copywriter. You are Mm -hmm. on your own building your own business. Yep. Kath Bros Enterprises. Yep. Yep. That's what it's going to be called. So um, you're a blogger. You actually have a blog. Yep. Yeah. Damsel semi-distressed, which I came up with that name in like ninth grade of high school, I think, but it's 14 years old. Yeah. You were semi-distressed. Yeah. Pretty, pretty semi-distressed. I think it's a great title. It's awesome. Thanks. Thanks. It's amazing. Yeah. But I work um, part-time at Anthropology. Yep. So that's pretty thrilling. Living retail. Yeah. Love it. Um, yeah. And then do writing and freelancing the rest of the time. It's awesome. It's pretty much life right now. Where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Moundsview. It's kind of the forgotten suburb. No one Moundsview, ever knows Minnesota. what it is. Yeah. It's like the like the hood of the suburbs. Yep. <laughs> no one ever knows what I'm talking about. But yeah. So pretty close to where I live now in St. Paul. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's awesome. And you're, you're, so you grew up in Moundsview, your family. Um, I know you have a brother, mm-hmm. your parents, just you guys. Yep. Yeah. So mom and dad, and then my half brother, he yep. is nine years older than me. What's his so name? his name's Ryan. Shout out Ryan. Ryan Griffey. 
Gri- you call at him Griffey on Instagram. Oh, so yeah, yeah, if you're looking, give, give him Griffey. a follow. <laughs> give him a follow. I'll follow him. I'll follow him right now. Um, oh, great. Kidding. Yeah, pull out your phone. Um, yeah, but he, so he's nine years older than me. So growing mm-hmm. up, it kind of felt like I had like a second dad for a while because it was like he was so much older than me. Yeah. But um, now we're really close as we've gotten older. So yeah. that's been fun because like once you hit your 20s, I feel like there's not really a huge age difference. Like doesn't yeah, matter. Totally. Yeah. But so my brother, my mom and dad. Um, yeah, that was that was it growing up. Um, part of the part of this podcast and, and the people that are on one of the reasons why you're on is uh, not just because you're talented and gifted uh, in these areas of writing and communicating uh, just some internal stuff through through like the written word, but um, it's also because of like hearing people's faith journeys too mm-hmm. and kind of where they're at. Um, and I. Kaylee and I, my wife, we view you as an awesome, powerful woman of God who's not just talented, but also um, I think you're anointed to do exactly what you're doing in writing to make a difference in people's lives, Um, specifically like in the faith world as well, that people that are navigating their faith and working it out on their own, that they can read what you're writing and be inspired. Like, man, if if Kath is living for Jesus, I could, I can too, like with the thing, like if I know some of Kath's story and I relate with that Mm -hmm. and she's doing it, like, I feel like I can do it. And so I'd love to hear a little bit of like maybe your upbringing and Mm -hmm. family life and, and kind of who were you raised in the church, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was raised Catholic. Mm -hmm. So kindergarten through senior year of high school wore uniform every day. You went to a Catholic school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I went to two different schools, but they were both Catholic schools. So Yeah, Catholic school growing up, um, very strict uniform. In high school, we got detention if we didn't have our shirt tucked in, if we weren't wearing no. a belt. It was it was ridiculous. It's my I worst nightmare. Tucking in my shirt, even today. I, I got I got thick thighs, so it's kind of a <laughs> kind of an issue for me. I don't like I'll never tuck in my shirt. That's okay. Don't you don't go to Catholic school, so yeah. I guess you don't have to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Catholic school growing up. Um and I didn't really know I knew that God was real and I knew that he loved me, but I didn't have like a personal relationship with him. Yeah. Um, pretty much all I thought of religion was like church pews and a rosary. I knew it was like yeah. beautiful symbols, but I didn't really know what any of it meant. Um, Did you guys go to church like yeah. on Sundays? Like mm-hmm. you were part of a yep. church? My parents were super involved at church. Um, still are. My dad's like oh, awesome. the head of like every little Catholic committee at our church, no like way. all the little old men. The Catholic yes. church specifically that we went to was like all old people. So yeah. that was great. I think that I blame that on my obsession with old people now. That's why you have an old soul. Yeah. Just yeah. all the Catholic Well, I do masses. know this about that you is you will cry. Oh yeah. Just seeing an old person. <laughs> it's embarrassing. <laughs> it actually sounds kind of sad actually, but you just see them because you love them. Yeah. I just yeah. love them so much. I work, my first job actually was at a nursing home. So yeah, that's um, interesting. So when you think about church, like in your upbringing, you think church is a bunch of old people, which is nice. Yeah. It, it didn't necessarily, it wasn't negative, but right. that's just what you think. Not like super relatable. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So yeah, grew up Catholic. And then when I was graduating high school, um, most of the kids from my high school were going off to like Catholic college. Yeah. So we were kind of like splitting two ways. There was like two Catholic colleges to choose from. And most people were going to those. And especially at that point in my life, I was so like used to just being safe and like doing mm-hmm. what was comfortable. Um, and I wasn't super like outgoing. So I like was going to choose one of those colleges just because that seemed like the normal next step. Yeah, um, did you know what you wanted to study? 
Um, a little bit. I knew yeah. I wanted to go into like English or lit or something yeah. like that. Um, lit. It's lit. Lit. Yeah. It's lit. It's a new major for the kids. It's literature kids people. These days. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. And so I was like enrolled at one of the colleges, um, like yeah. had signed up for classes and everything got accepted. And then like last minute, like it's like, but like a month before we graduate high school or whatever. Um, and I heard about this college called Bethel yeah. and I had never heard of it before. And it's a Christian university, like pretty small in the cities. And yeah. I was like, I think I'm going to go there. And I didn't know anyone else going there. Um, and that Crazy. was the first time I think that I like tangibly felt like God speaking in my life. Yeah. And I'd like heard people say that before, like, Oh, that's like a God thing. But you didn't know how to relate. No, I didn't know how to relate. Yeah. So that was like the first time in my life. I think that I was like, Oh, this is God. And this is where he wants me to go. Yeah. Do you feel like it played out that way? Like it was like for sure a God thing. Totally. Yeah. I, yeah. it changed like the trajectory of my life. I think. What did you study at Bethel? Um, so I, I did English lit the first okay. literature, um, yeah. the first two years. And then I switched over to journalism. So I ended up yeah. graduating with a degree in journalism and a minor in creative writing. Yeah. Awesome. Did you like when you were studying, did you have basically, were you thinking you'd be doing what you're doing now? Or did you have like, did you want to be a journalist? Like, did you want to write a yeah. newspaper? Did you want to? I kind of went through like some weird phases in college. Let's talk where, about all of them. Yeah. So Great. freshman year, I was like, Great. I'm going to be an author, yeah. like for sure. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. But then I sort of felt like, oh, that's not super realistic. Like, how am I going to make a good living or like, what's my life going to look like if I'm just an author? Um, sure. So then I switched to journalism and I was like, I'm going to be on the news. Like I'm going to be a yeah. news broadcaster. Like an anchor. Yeah. 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 Like one of those people that yeah, amazing. looks all fancy and sits behind the desk. Yeah. But then I realized I'm way too shy for that, yeah, you yeah. know? So then I was like, okay. Can't do that. And then, but then I'd already done journalism for two years. So I was like, well, I'm kind of stuck with it now. But what ended up happening is journalism just sort of expanded the horizon for mm -hmm. writing. Like it challenged me to write in not so much of a creative way, which is just what I'm, yep. what I naturally grav gravitate towards. So it ended up widening my horizon and I'm grateful that I did it. But yeah, I had no idea that I'd be like doing what I'm doing now. So. Yeah. And um, I know you, you you made some of your best friends at Bethel too, yeah, yeah, um, which is awesome. And some of them have gone to uh, our church, River Valley, mm -hmm. for a long time. So I think that the, it's just cool that yeah, God led you to a different school. You had no idea. You made some of your best friends, right? You uh, went through all your weird phases. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they're weird. I think it's normal. It's Thanks. part of part of growing up. Uh, part of what uh, we haven't talked about is within writing um, is you do poetry, mm -hmm. and it's like. Do you call that, I guess you just call it creative writing, Yeah. but just, um, so you're a poet. Yeah. That's yep. your title. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, like within poetry, as it continues to develop, um, uh, I was talking with a songwriter, uh, on another episode of this yeah. podcast and, and you like with writing songs, you have to kind of pick like an avenue that you want to go down. You can write all types of songs, right? Um, but you got to pick like, Hey, what's my niche? What am mm -hmm. I going to do? And do you feel like poetry is that's your niche within writing? Is that what you like? If it was your dream that, that you would be a poet the rest of your life? Yeah. I, th I mean, I think so. I mm -hmm. think that my writing has sort of like evolved over the years. I started writing when I was so young. I don't even like know. I, n I don't have a like a moment where I remember deciding like I'm going to be a writer. Yeah. I just remember that I've always written. Yeah. And I know when I was like really young, I would write like 
poem poems that were like so abstract that they didn't make sense just because I didn't actually know what poetry was. So I just kind of wrote words and put them together. Yeah. Um, and then like over the years, it's sort of become more of like a story and less mm -hmm. of like, this is super cryptic. Like yeah. this is a really artsy, beautiful thing. Um, so I think that poetry is sort of like one way to put it, but it's more just like, yeah, creative writing. I guess. Did it start out like your passion for writing? Did it start out just for you or has it always been, I want to write because some people do art so right. that they can display it for others. Some people mm -hmm. do art because it's, it's therapy for themselves, you know? Right. I think that just like looking back on my life now, like how far I've come and like where I'm mm -hmm. at right now, I think that writing definitely has been something that like has been a way, like an outlet for just mm -hmm. like pain and hurt and like different things I've gone through in my life. So I think it's always sort of been one of those things that I like, I just rely on in a way. Like yeah. it's something that is an outlet for me. Yeah. It's, it's how you process that pain, right? how you work it through. Right. And sometimes I don't even really like understand what I'm feeling until mm -hmm. I've written it down and then I can kind of read it back and I'm like, yeah. That's weird because it's a way for you to externally process, right? but by yourself. Yeah which is crazy. It'd be like if somebody talked to themselves, right? which is crazy. And I do that. So <laughs> it's awesome. I'm an external processor, but with uh -huh. my words. So I like have to get it out. Right. That's probably why we're doing a podcast is because I just like talking. Yep. Hopefully you talk a lot more in this podcast than me, but um, <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah. But the goal was it, it started with just, this is how I'm processing my pain. Mm -hmm. It's not, Hey, I want to put this out for the world. Right. But, yeah. but since you have like you, mm -hmm. you put it out on your blog, yeah. um, you're writing a book, which we'll talk about later. Um, but it started to encourage thousands of people around the world. I remember being at a conference with your husband, Caleb, who's one of my best friends. Um, he's a good I, egg. Yeah, oh, he's a good egg. Great <laughs> egg. Love Caleb. Um, and I remember being at a conference and a random girl, like we, like we were somewhere <laughs> in the country, random girl comes up to him and was like, Hey, um, and it was kind of like startling at, at first. <laughs> like, um, and she, she goes, are you, are you Kath's, Kath bros's husband? Are you Caleb bros? <laughs> And he's like, yeah. Um, and he told me later, this happens to him a lot oh my um, gosh. locally for sure. Like in Minneapolis, but, but around the country, like where people will come up and say, yeah. Hey, are you Kath bros's husband? Yeah. Um, which is it's such show, a good it, sport about yeah, it. <laughs> well, uh, for sure. I'd be stoked if that was like my <laughs> wife, like, and my wife's awesome too. Um, but yeah, for sure. He was stoked about it, but yeah. she, she like expressed to him at a deep level in <laughs> two minutes, oh. how much of a difference your words. And she said that specifically, like her, her words have changed my life. Mm. And if I remember right, she lived in, uh, Peru. She, oh so gosh. she's like from Peru. I don't know if I heard about this. She's from America, but she's living now in oh, Peru. Okay. And she's like, I've followed your wife Ugh. for years. And so like, you're legit helping thousands of people around the world Ugh. with your words, which is crazy. It yeah. is crazy. Yeah. God can use your pain for a purpose to impact yeah. people's lives. Um, with poetry and I am talking a lot, so I'm sorry, I'll let you talk, but You're with fine. poetry, um, do you want to talk about like, what do you write about and what is some of that pain that you process like through, yeah. through poetry that is now impacting people's lives and making a difference? Yeah. I also just wanted to say a quick story that Caleb, my husband, he was at, um, he was in Canada like yeah. a couple months ago yep. with our pastor and, um, he was on a whale watching tour and I didn't even know he was going on a whale watching tour. I yeah. just 
just the life of, he leads. Yeah, exactly. Just so exciting. Um, and I was on Instagram one night and I get this message from a girl that I don't know. And it's a picture just of like a boat yeah. out in the water. And it's like a far away picture of like a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And there's just one little person, like it's like a dot in the corner, just circled. Yeah. And I'm like, it's weird. So yeah. th- thanks for this. Yeah. And then she sends a message and she's like, I'm on a whale watching tour with your husband in, in Canada right no. now. And I was like, cool. Tell him I say hi. Crazy. But I don't think she ever said, said hi, but it's yeah. still so crazy. I was like, yeah, for sure. Um, all, all the stuff that you post out on like Instagram and your blog, it's reaching all around the world, Yeah, which is insane. The it day and age we weird. live in. It is. But yeah, yeah, talk about what you write about. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that like, like you said, I didn't always intend to like share my words with everyone. Yeah. Um, I used to be a big Tumblr girl. If you know what Tumblr is totally like a real angsty blog. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what Zenga is? No, don't know what it I, is. I win. <laughs> you what? I win. I'm just saying Zenga is like before MySpace. Oh, I didn't so, even somebody have out there listening to be like, I still have my Zenga account. Oh updated. my gosh. Anyways. Yeah. But Tumblr was yep. big into that. And wrote real angsty stuff on there and posted like all what do you my mean angsty like <laughs> just like all my angsty <laughs> like teen dramatic? thoughts. Yeah. yeah just yeah. like all my pent up feelings about life, you know. Growing up is hard. Yeah, it is. Like that's when I went through like my blink one eighty two simple plan oh phase, you know, all of the all the angst. Um but simple <laughs> plan. Okay. <laughs> I loved simple plan. Great. Um still still dabble with them sometimes. Great. But um, I posted all my writing on there just because mm-hmm. all my followers were just strangers. Like I didn't, mm-hmm. I mean, much like social media now, I guess. But it's at the time it felt like, oh, there these was people. less interaction with the people. Yeah. So they just, they could access it, but there wasn't much. Right. I didn't really know yeah. if they were reading it or anything. So yeah. it felt like my own personal diary kind of just yeah. online. Um, but then I remember like a time where I started to get messages every once in a while on Tumblr mm-hmm. of people like saying that. Like, Hey, I felt, I feel the exact same way of like what you just posted and all that. And so then I eventually like started posting things on, I got an Instagram, started posting on there and yeah. And so it's like, it's just crazy seeing the response of people. Um, like you just don't know what other people are feeling. And like, sometimes you feel so alone in Mm -hmm. what you're feeling. Um, and you like forget that other people are there too, but, um, yeah. Yeah. So your, your niche within poetry is essentially the story that you have and your 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 life thus far. Um, and from what I can tell from the outside looking in is you write about um, the fact that you, you write about words, which is funny, um, but you write, <laughs> that sounds weird just saying it, but you write about yeah. words and that words, and this is sometimes because I haven't read your whole, like you haven't read everything, yeah, your life's work. Um, but you write that words, create within, uh, within you a safe place. Yeah. And it is like, you write about the fact that it's therapeutic mm-hmm. and, and all that. And so is that, is that your niche as a writer talking about things like anxiety, talking yeah. about mental health, talking about how hard it is to navigate this life at mm-hmm. times and writing has been that outlet for you. Yeah. I'd say like, yeah, my like niche is, I just want to like create a safe place that people can come and be like, Oh, me too. Like, I feel that yeah. too. Um, so I think my writing is just like honest. I mm-hmm. don't know that there's really like a way to categorize it. I think it's just like what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try to be as vulnerable as possible without just like being depressing because <laughs> yeah. there's, it's possible to be vulnerable and have there be hope yeah. in it too. So, yeah. um, 
yeah, I, I think that like what I want, the space I want to create in with my writing is a place for people to come and to just feel understood and feel like they might be in pain too, but that there's hope and that, um, yeah. I think that that is what you provide the, yeah. Again, I'm just saying, I know you personally, but I also mm-hmm. know you via social media. Right. And what people see is somebody that looks put together mm-hmm. like through photos. Yeah. But then when you read the words and what you're experiencing through life and how you're processing yeah. is there is brokenness within there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just insane that God can use our pain mm-hmm. to help somebody else. Yeah. That's maybe dealing with the same totally. thing. And I think social media is just so tricky. Like I have such a hard time with it a lot of the time. Um, I think it's tricky because it can mm-hmm. look just like a really put together like filtered life and mm-hmm. that's fine. And I think that social media is really good to use for that too. Cause I think mm-hmm. it's fun to see like the beautiful and the like highs of people's lives. But I think that, yeah, my main goal is to like showcase that, but also to say like, Hey, it's okay to hurt and to like feel these things too. Yeah. Um, so I think that's like something I'm really passionate about just with social media. Yeah. yeah. Some, something we were talking about before we, started rolling yeah. was, um, the fact that with your art, you're able to be, you're, you're able to it, it, like, it's artsy. It's, it can right. be cryptic. So you're not, you're not necessarily labeling exactly, um, like what you're mm-hmm. going through, which I think helps people relate with. Yeah. Um, cause they could be on a completely different level, but somehow they identify right. with your art, you know, and it mm-hmm. helps them. Um, would you want to talk about like, anything that like, maybe it's, maybe it's just the, for me, I I remember as a teenager, like growing up was just hard, like fitting in, making friends, building relationships. We moved in going into my junior year from Wisconsin to North Dakota. And I felt like that was like the hardest thing that I've ever gone through. Um, maybe talk about something in your life that, I mean, the platform for talking about anxiety or, um, mental health or anything like that. Um, and, I understand the art of it is being cryptic, but right. is there anything like in growing up or high school or yeah. relationships or anything like that, that you feel like, man, this is pain that I've walked through mm-hmm. that has now given me a platform to help people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that like I was talking to my husband about this a little bit, mm-hmm. just the past few days trying to kind of figure out like what I want to say or how I want to word it. Um, mm-hmm. Just like growing up, I've always just kind of been like a little bit odd, <laughs> not like odd in a bad way, but I've always just kind of like, wanted to just be a little different and just yeah. be myself. And, um, I think that's always in a way made me feel a little bit like outside the crowd, yeah. um, almost like self-inflicted, like feeling like a little bit of an outsider. Yeah. Um, yeah. And growing up, like I had like a really great childhood, like yeah. super happy. Um, just like, like I said, always just a little bit strange. Little calf running around. Yeah. Little, uh, yeah. little strange calf. Little strange calf. <laughs> Listen, you're describing yourself. It's not me. I think I think Kath is awesome. Thanks. Thanks. Yes. Um, but I was talking Caleb actually said the other day, he was like, Kath, I figured out exactly who you were as a child. Mm. And I said, Okay, please enlighten me. And he's like, You were the kid who showed up at another person's family dinner and said, like, does anyone want to see my rock collection? And I was like, Yes. You're not wrong. You're not completely awesome. wrong. Um, but yeah, so I was that's kind of like me as a kid. But then, um, yeah, as soon as I went into high school, I feel like that was when I first started to recognize like 
the like the first signs of anxiety and depression. Yeah. And it was never really like named for me. It was mm-hmm. never like, yeah, you have depression or like you have anxiety. It was just something I kind of could like feel. And yeah. I don't think I recognized it then, but looking back, I'm like, oh, that's definitely when that's it, it was, when yeah. it started. Yeah. Um, but the dynamics within my family were sort of like, we don't talk about like painful things. We don't talk about bad things. Like mm-hmm. um, both my parents have been through a lot and mm-hmm. they, I think kind of got to a point where they're like, no, like kind of like what we talked about with social media. Like if they had social media, they don't, they don't know how to work social media, but yeah. if they did, I think they would be the type of people who would like only post about like the highs and yeah. which not, is what which is 99% yeah. of people do anyway. Totally. They just show the good, good parts because yep. yeah, real life, which what everybody experiences is painful at times yeah. and is broken at times. And every family, every family has mm-hmm. pain in it. Yeah. And every family has hurt it within it too. Um, that is whether it's self-inflicted within the family or it's happened to them because mm-hmm. of whatever it may be. Right. Um, every family. Yeah. For sure. So you, you guys are unique, but you're also not unique in the right. sense that there's pain in every family. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. But I think that the dynamics within my family were just always a little bit like unique in mm-hmm. that um, – we're really close. Mostly growing up, it was me, my mom and dad, because my mm-hmm. brother was so much older. By the yeah. time I was growing up, he was kind of out of the house, off at yeah. college, like living his own He's nine young adult older. life. He's yeah. Um, so most of my life, it was just me, my mom and dad. And yeah. um, we were really close. But it was, like I said, like one of those things where we just kind of shoved everything under the rug. Mm-hmm. If something was bad, we just didn't talk about it. Um, yep. And I think I kind of was the beacon of light in like my home. Yeah. Um, like I knew there was like like painful things and hard things, but we just didn't talk about them. So I kind of took on the responsibility of being like the bubbly and yeah, exactly. And like nothing's ever wrong. Um, so I think when I was going through like anxiety and depression, um, it, I never told my parents. Yeah. Yeah. So it was all sort of just like shoved down and not talked about. Um, and then like most of my life, like call or high school and college, like I just didn't really still acknowledge it. It was sort of like something I knew was there. Yeah. Um, but it was like, that was where writing really came in handy. I just, mm-hmm. I wrote about it and I, I think that's like where I, where I met God the most yeah. was just through words and like, okay, I can't talk about my anxiety or my depression with, with anyone else. So yeah. I'm going to write about it. And, um, there were times where I would feel something and I, I wouldn't be able to recognize it until I wrote it down. And I, that's when I like realized that's where God was meeting me. I was like, wow. I wouldn't be able to write that on my own if yeah. it weren't for God speaking yeah. into my life. It's almost like, yeah. I mean, we believe in God, the father, son, and the Holy spirit. So the Holy spirit is helping you. It's almost like he's your counselor right? in the sense of, which is actually one of his titles, by the way, like that he's the Holy spirit, the counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, but he helped you navigate some of that stuff when you didn't feel maybe the freedom to do that. Um, not even because of your parents, but just because of the pressures that we as kids at times put on ourselves. Mm -hmm. I can't bring this up. Um, I can't process it with my family. And so you like, that's, I was, that's what I was going to ask you is through this process in high school and college and feeling some of these things, anxiety and depression, Mm -hmm. um, where, yeah, where, where are you at with God in, in that moment, like yeah. how are you, like, did you, did you really feel like it was a conversation with God on paper or do you feel like he just supernaturally just, it was just after the fact, like, oh man, that was God. Helping yeah. Me. I mean, I think that definitely like where I'm at right now, looking back at like little high school calf, 
like sitting in my room writing poetry. Like obviously then I didn't recognize like this is the way I connect with God. Yeah. Like a lot of people like through worship music, through, I mean, reading the Bible, like a lot of people, everyone connects with God in totally different ways. Yeah. Um, but I didn't recognize obviously that that was how I was connecting with God. But I think looking back now, I'm like, oh, even though I didn't really think I had a personal personal relationship with God, he was there he was with, with me you. in that time. Yeah. Um, and then I think in college is when it like clicked that I was like, oh, this is like, yeah, this is God. Um, I remember a specific time, my roommates and I, um, it was my sophomore year of college. We were driving, mm -hmm. um, up to someone's cabin and we were just in the car. And, um, so much of my writing just takes place on my phone. I like yep. write in my notes and it just like happens at very random times. Um, but we were driving in the car and there was a bunch of us. And I remember just being really upset that day. I don't remember what I was upset about, but mm -hmm. I just started writing something in my phone and I almost didn't like know what I wrote. I just kind of closed my phone. And then later on, one of my roommates who, um, at the time I like really looked up to her faith and really looked up to her relationship with God. Cause at that time I still was navigating and I mean, yeah. I still am, but I still really wasn't sure what it looked like to have a relationship with God. Um, yeah. and I remember her opening my phone and like looking at the, what I had just written. And she said, Kath, God told you this. Wow. And I like remember just breaking down. Cause I was like, he can do that. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. what? yeah. So I, that was like the first time I feel like that. I really like felt God's presence wow. with me. That's awesome. What was your friend's name? Christina. Christina. Maybe I don't she's think listening. she's on social media. <laughs> I don't know what, it's what okay. she does. She moved to California. We'll, we'll deliver a, a, a personal tape, message, a tape cassette, Great. a cassette Perfect. of this podcast. Awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, I asked you before, um, if you wouldn't mind reading one of your poems yeah. and you, I don't know which one you picked, but, um, which is unique because you're the first writer on this podcast. Um, yeah. And hopefully we have more authors and poets down yeah. the road. Awesome. Um, but I'd love for you to, it may feel awkward just right now, but <laughs> I think people listening will really appreciate yeah. if you wouldn't mind reading one of your poems. I would love to do it. Can't wait. This is your art. I never read them out loud. So this is kind of really? weird. No, I hey, write them and I post them, but. I'll read them out loud. Have you ever in a public forum read no. it? So this is it. Yeah. So this there, is it. My there, big debut. Yeah. There, there will literally be thousands of people that listen Great. to this cool. and listen to your poem. <laughs> no, pressure. no pressure. Thank you for, for <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. Uh, prefacing it that way. Okay. Um, it's called making noise. When I was young, I didn't know how to snap my fingers. I would hit them against each other like two tone deaf vocalists trying to duet. I spent far too much time trying to make sense and not nearly enough just making noise. I walked into battlefields with poems instead of fists, wearing metaphors and rhymes as armor, and I let people tell me that gentle didn't survive wars. But here I am, purple heart, shell-shocked, and gentle, still wrapping my metaphors around the ugly stuff. Because I am 24 and I still have not found a language that translates pain, so I speak it in analogies, I've learned to snap my fingers now, but I prefer to do it wrong. I like myself better when I stop trying to make sense and just make noise. Amazing. It's awesome. I've got 47 <laughs> questions now okay, great. Uh, because of that. But I can see, I can see even in you reading that, how people can in all walks of life identify with your writing. Um, I think just when anybody talks about pain, totally. Um, 
or the difficulty that we have in life at times, people can identify. Mm-hmm. I think about in the Bible, like there's different poets and writers. And I mean, David would be one who wrote Psalms and, or many of the Psalms and some of them are songs and poems and, and all that. And now we read those thousands of years later yeah. that bring encouragement. And I, I was reading one the other day, again, David wrote it and it's like something like, as basic as help, like help me, God. Mm-hmm. Like I'm something to the effect of like I'm I'm drowning and my enemies are coming in on me, and it's just weird that when I'm experiencing pain and I read that, right. it's like, like that's his worst day, yeah, that he wrote about that I find encouragement in, mm-hmm. and it's not even encouraging. It's like God, I need help, right? You know? um, but it's in knowing that someone else needs help too. Like you're not the only. You're one. not alone. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. I I remember being in in high school and having a period of what I would call depression. It would be Mm -hmm. my most depressed moment. And I remember this feeling of it had to do with our move from Wisconsin to North Dakota that I just shut down. And I remember this feeling of like, I hate life, Mm -hmm. but I'm okay. Like I'm, but I'm also like addicted to that feeling of, I hate life. You know, like I, I want, I want this I want everything to change, but I actually don't want it to change. Yeah, it's I'm, easier to be sad and to like let yourself sit in that than yeah. it is to change. And you almost feel sp- special in yeah. that sense that you are going through so much pain alone, mm-hmm. which ma- can make you feel yeah, yeah, special. It's just a weird thing, yeah. and it takes a miracle. Depression is a real thing that it it takes a miracle, and I believe it takes God intervening. Mm-hmm. And for sure there's, there's medicine these days and doctors and all right. that. Praise God for that. It's amazing. But I felt like, um, and it was actually through a conversation with my dad that mm-hmm. I felt like God helped me climb out of that yeah. pit that I was actually content in staying, yeah. but I was, but I hated it. You know, right. it's like a, it's just a tough thing to even process mentally. And so as you write about that, I think it helps so many people process what they're going through yeah. and help them out of it. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, it's naming Naming like pain for someone that mm-hmm. I didn't ever have named for me growing yeah. up. Yeah. It's a really cool For sure. Thing. And as you read that poem, what was it called again? Um, making, making noise. <laughs> making noise. <laughs> I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, for sure. As you read that, I, I think it's awesome that God's given you this gift and that's how he speaks not only to you, but through you. Yeah. Um, not everybody has that gift. And so you got to like, obviously just keep, you're, you're going to do it without my encouragement anyways, but, <laughs> but your encouragement really it. helps. You have to keep doing it. And, um, and just know that you're writing the, I feel like the Holy Spirit's in it, you know, and you, it has the weight beyond your age and experience. Cause how old are you now? 24. Yeah. So you wrote that at 24. I actually wrote it at 22, but as no. I was reading it, I changed it to 24. Oh, really? I was like, I like panicked Panic. for a second. I was like, how old oh, am really? I? So the actual poem is 22, but yeah. now you're, yeah, now you're mm-hmm. 24. So you wrote it two years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyways, just know that I feel it for sure. And there's thousands of people around the world that feel it. And people that are listening to this podcast that feel it, that it carries more than the weight of your years mm-hmm. um, and more than even the weight of your experience, which your experience is vast in regards to, because it's your experience. Yeah. Um, but it carries the weight of, the Holy Spirit, which is the coolest thing. Yeah. The counselor can speak through your words to somebody else. It's amazing. Uh, switching gears okay. is you're writing a book. Yeah. Um, and there's actually a story behind the fact that you have written, you have written this book, mm-hmm. but you have lost 
this book. Yes. So talk about that. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, obviously my main goal, like when you decide you want to be a writer, obviously like a goal is that you want to publish a book. Yeah. Um, and I've been working on this book for, I mean, it's a, like a compilation of short writing. So like, yep. I guess you could say poems. Yep. Um, so it's like a compilation of writing from over the past, like four years or so. Yep. Um, so I like finally put it all together and I decided like, I'm going to make this book on my own because mm-hmm. I'm super tech savvy like that. I'm not at all, but I was yeah. like, I have too specific of a vision. Like I just want to try to do it on my own. Yeah. So I started making it on InDesign and I had used InDesign like one time in What's InDesign? College. It's like a, a, graphics it's a software. Program? Yeah. Adobe. It's okay, like Photoshop. Yeah, cool. yeah. Um, but I'd used it like one time in college for journalism. So yeah. I knew nothing really about it. Yeah. Um, so I just started watching like YouTube tutorials and mm-hmm. texting Tissel a lot and nice. just trying to figure out Shout like Tissel. He's in the room because he's <laughs> he the is, producer he of this is, podcast. Yeah. We love you Tissel. Um, but yeah, so I like just trying to figure that out. So it took me like a good chunk of time to just even figure out how to use the software. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I like had a good handle on it, I started just making the book Mm -hmm. and I finally was in the finishing stages. So it took me about like seven months maybe Mm -hmm. to like fully compile it all. Um, just decide like design and font and size and all that. Um, so yeah, I was in like the finishing stages of it, had the title, had the cover made and everything. I just hate that you're doing all of this in past tense. (laughs) And then my computer just died one day. I'm sitting at the coffee shop and it's at 3% and I'm like, Oh, I'll just plug it in. That's normal response. So I plug it in. It doesn't charge. I'm like, maybe my computer charger is broken. Like Floyd chews on Mm -hmm. stuff. It's probably broken. So then later that day, went and got a new cord, plugged it in. At this point, the computer died. um, And then it never turned back on. And so I'm like, okay, so there's got to be something like going on with it that I don't understand that's easily like that you can fix. Easy fix. Yeah. And Caleb, Caleb, just my husband, just can do everything. It's Mm -hmm. frustrating sometimes, but also helpful for sure. So I'm like, for sure he'll be able to fix it. And Caleb couldn't fix it. And as soon as he couldn't fix it, I knew that something was bad. Yeah. So we brought it to the Apple store and the Apple guy's like, yeah, basically um, we have to send it in and most likely they'll just have to replace the hard drive Mm -hmm. and you'll lose everything. And I was like, cool. So I started like weeping in the Apple store and the guy like did not know what to do with me. He's like, I'm so sorry. And Caleb's like, she just has a lot of feelings. She's a writer. I don't know. (laughs) And so he was like, okay, we have one alternative. There's this company. They restored information from like the lost space shuttle. I don't know if he made that up just to make me feel better or if it's true, but apparently this company is really good at restoring information and data. So he was like, you can send it to them. It might be kind of pricey. Um, So we sent it in and they said, yeah, it'll cost $900 and we might be able to get your data. And I was like, so my husband works at a church. I'm yeah. a poet. We don't exactly we're have $900. Yeah. to restore yeah, her story. Um, no. So we're going to still try to do that. But as of right now, that's the only option yeah. we have. So so did you lose the writing or just the layout of the book? Um, so I, a lot of the writing I did on InDesign. Yeah. So I still have some of it mm-hmm. elsewhere, um, mm-hmm. which that's good. But yeah, most of it is on InDesign. Wow. So, and, um, okay, well that's devastating, but (laughs) either way it gets restored or you, you're going to go through the process of putting it together again and writing again. Um, what is the book about? Yeah. So it's kind of like, like I said, like a compilation of writing from Mm -hmm. the past few years. Um, 
and as I went through and like collected writing and, and wrote new pieces and stuff, I found kind of like a pattern I felt like within just like sections of it. Yeah. So I ended up splitting it up into chapters. Um, some yep. are the, ch- some of the chapter titles are like healing, growing, becoming, um, just different things like that. And, and the writings just kind of fit into each of those categories. And it's sort of like different times of my life over the past few years have sort of like somehow fit into those categories. So yeah. it's like a process of that throughout the whole book. And what's the book called? This is my something. This is my something. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Healing, growing, becoming. Mm-hmm. What a great title. Oh my goodness. Thanks. It's awesome. Actually, I was at, um, it was a couple years ago and Tapestry, the magazine yep. um, here in Minneapolis. Which you also write for at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and some of my best friends work for them. But um, we were at like a Tapestry meeting a couple years back and a girl was sharing her story mm-hmm. about um, she'd gone through abuse and mm. all this stuff and she was sharing it and everyone in the room was just crying. And, yeah. and when she finished telling her story, she was like, Um, and this sounds really sad, but everyone has their something. This is my something. And I like whipped out my phone and wrote down like future book title. This is my something. So it, yeah, that's how it happened. Wow. That's awesome. What's an example of, uh, so in those areas, if you can give an example, healing, growing and becoming, you can start with any of them. Mm -hmm. What's an example in a non-poem form of you becoming or growing or healing? Yeah. Um, I think a big example, um, this season, this particular season Mm -hmm. of my life that I'm in right now is a huge growing season. Um, kind of like I talked about earlier a little bit, like with my family, everything was always just kind of shoved under the rug. We just kind of like, if there was pain, like we put it up on the shelf, didn't deal with it. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I met Caleb, my husband and Mm -hmm. marriage has just been like the biggest season of growing for me. Um, because suddenly there's this person that is Closer to me than I've ever been. And he's not going to shove it under no, the rug. No, or let you just he wants stuff to take it. everything out from under yes. the rug. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of been a season of like, it's like I had all this stuff up on shelves and now it's mm-hmm. just all crashing down and I'm just kind of sitting in this pile of things that I'm yep. sorting through. Um, and it's like a really beautiful healing season, but it's also been like the most painful season, I think, mm-hmm. that I've gone through just because it's forcing me to acknowledge and recognize all of the hurt from my past and from my family and just like identifying it and finally like for the first time naming it and saying like yeah this is like what I'm going through and yeah for sure I think I think that's really powerful to be the humans we were created to be we have to identify whether it's lies that we're foundational mm-hmm. as children that we be- began to believe about ourselves right. um, to identify those and then to re, re like rename them, name them as lies, but then mm-hmm. put into us what God sees about us. Yeah. And it's just awesome that you're doing that because all it's going to do is make you more powerful as a human uh, to do exactly what you were created and called yeah. to do. Um, and what a great example too, of like you had put all this stuff on the shelf and not dealt with it. Mm-hmm. And getting married has caused you to take it all off the shelf. <laughs> yeah. And which you're doing in real life, by the way, in actual physical life, you move in together. Right. And you, I mean, the, it's so just, many shelves, so many shelves <laughs> to organize. Yeah. yeah. But now you're putting, it's cool because, um, in a lot of ways, that's, that's what everybody does as they step into marriage. Yeah. You know, for you, it, it feels epic because you've put things on shelves, but mm-hmm. that's what everybody does. And what you're setting is kind of a new standard because you are now one with your right. husband 
and your husband and wife and you you're determining who you guys are going to be mm-hmm. and how you're going to live your life and how you're going to raise your family and how like so I think it's awesome you are yeah you're setting now a new foundation right. for the rest of your life which you got a long way to go yeah which is awesome yeah how about becoming so it's just uh, and maybe you'd say the same thing is the mm-hmm. same story but uh do you have an example of who you want to become or who yeah. you have become or who you're becoming yeah I think like the three are really synonymous um like becoming I mean becoming healing mm-hmm. growing like that's like pretty much the summary of my season I'm in right now. Um, I think becoming it's like comes right after growing. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like becoming who I want to be. And in order to do that, I need to acknowledge the pain and the hurt of my past. And, and so like right now, like this has been, this has been the first season of my life that I've like experienced panic attacks yeah. and like, like an actual tangible act of anxiety, which before in my life, it was like, I'm anxious and like things mm-hmm. aren't quite like normal, but I wasn't experiencing it like tangibly and or like physically. So this season of my life has been like dealing with that and, and like in counseling. Actually having panic attacks. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going through counseling. Mm -hmm. So what's in it? Yeah. Like what are you experiencing with a panic attack? Cause there's people listening that feel anxiety. Right. And if they, if they don't deal with some of the stuff that this is how it, this is how it comes out. Right. in that type of thing. So mm-hmm. what, what does that look like for you? Yeah. So I think that the, the reason that pa- like panic attacks are happening in this season is because there's like now specific triggers that I can name from my past of like mm. hurt and like painful things that have happened that I never named before. But now that they're named they're they've become like actual triggers. So if like something comes up, that's like a trigger. And, um, yeah, what panic attacks have like looked like for me for the most part is just, um, it's kind of like you're in like a really loud room and like, you just like, can't shut anything off. Like, even if you're just alone, like it just feels like everything is just too much yep. and you, you get, my hands just get kind of numb. And like, yeah. it just is like, it's a really freaky thing. Like I, when it, my first one happened, I was like, I'm dying. Like yeah. I need to go to the hospital. And I've heard a lot of people have that experience with panic attacks. It's yeah. just like a, a freaky thing. Like feeling overwhelmed yeah. in every way yeah. possible. Uh-huh. So that's been an interesting thing to work through too with marriage is like Caleb's the best and he is mm-hmm. like so understanding and so willing to learn, but he's never dealt with any of that. So it's like learning for myself what it all means, but also like trying to help him understand and like help him to help me kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. I think that that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons you guys are married is yeah. you're going to help him process who he is and mm-hmm. who he's becoming. And he gets to be there and support you. Totally. And, um, even if he may not understand, I, there, there's things about my wife I may not understand, but I'm learning how to best. Mm-hmm. I could, it's the honor of life as a husband right. is to learn how we can best serve and love our spouse, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's, yeah. And he's the, he's the perfect person to yeah. do that with you and to learn and grow. Um, okay. Talk about this. Who do you want to become? Like yeah. when you think about your future and not just professionally as an author, I think let's, let's sell millions of books. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> which it could totally happen. I, like I'm, Fingers I'd be, crossed. yeah, I'd be jacked just about the it. next JK Rowling. Yeah, for sure. I'm in. <laughs> let's do this. All. Um, but who do you want to become as a person? Um, yeah. Who is Kath Bros? Yeah. 10 years from now or 20 years from now. Yeah. I mean, I think I just, I just want to be a person that's a safe place Mm -hmm. and like a place where people can just come and feel understood and like set all their stuff down and not feel like they need to be anything or say the right thing. And just like, that sounds so vague, but I just like want to be a safe place for people. Yeah. Um, like both professionally and just like in my normal life. 
I think that's just my main goal. Very awesome. vague, but <laughs> no, it's awesome. And uh, anything about God, like mm-hmm. so, um, just in your journey of faith, you've learned so much about yeah. um, the fact that He's been with you through your pain. Mm-hmm. That now He can speak through you, mm-hmm. through your writing. Um, but just who you want to become as a woman of God yeah. in faith. Uh, is there anything you think about when I say that? Yeah, I mean, kind of like the same thing. Like, um, I want to be a person that like maybe someone who doesn't have any idea who God is, like I want them to meet me and like see something different. And mm-hmm. maybe they don't know what that is right away, but I want to like be God, you know, to people, not be God to people, but like show yeah, people yeah. God no, through, totally. through I think, me. I think yeah. we are like, um, you know, Jesus is not walking the planet anymore, yeah. although his, the Holy Spirit is here um, and working through people's lives. I think we are called to be mm-hmm. God in people's lives will never be perfect, but, um, you know, the Bible talks about how he's strong in the midst of our weakness. So, Mm -hmm. um, it has nothing to do with us actually being God, but representing, doing a good job representing. So I think you do that really well and you got a gentle spirit and, um, God's obviously brought you through a lot and there's more challenge ahead for sure, but there's also the best life ahead, uh, which is amazing. And, uh, yeah, before we wrap up this whole thing, um, I got a couple questions. One would be, okay. what's your favorite book of all time? Gosh, it's tough. But I think I've got to say A Million Miles in a Thousand Years by Donald Miller. Yeah, yeah, Have you ever read it? No, I haven't oh, read it, but you I've, need to. I've heard it's of it. so good. Same yeah. author of Blue Like Jazz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it was between yeah. Blue Like Jazz and A Million Miles in a Thousand yeah. Years. Um, Blue Like Jazz is like the first book I read where I was like, where I really like felt God too. That was yeah. like my first like God encounter through like yeah. another person's writing. Um, wow. But then all of Donald Miller's books are so good, but a million miles in a thousand years, probably my favorite. What's it about? Um, he basically goes on this road trip um, mm-hmm. and that's the whole book. It's like yeah. him on this road trip, uh, yeah. but I don't know. It's just and all the things he and, yeah, and all of his encounters with God and like people. And yeah, it's just good. On one of our first dates, Caleb and I both said that was our favorite book and I'd never no. met anyone who, it's not one of his most popular books, but yeah. it's so good. A million so. miles in a thousand mm-hmm. years. Okay. Second question is if you had a piece of advice to somebody that's mm-hmm. following in your footsteps that maybe right now, as they listen to this, mm-hmm. they are experiencing um, same family dynamics or mm-hmm. they want to be a writer like you, um, or they just want to be strong woman of God and a great wife. Yeah. Like, um, uh, what piece of advice would you give them? Yeah. It's like an epic question. Yeah. Gosh, no pressure. Um, I mean, I think just like figure out like who you are and like who you want to be and, um, just like work at that Mm -hmm. because I think that it's like, especially being a writer or like in the creative field, it's like really important to have a good like grasp on who you are and not just who you are as a person, but like who you are in God and like, Mm -hmm. um, what that looks like for you. And then to just like, stick with it because it's so easy these days to like see all the comparison traps that are set up around us with social media and just in general these days. Um, and to like kind of like switch back and forth on who you are and like what you believe. Um, but I think that if you like have a firm grip on like who you are and what you really want and what you want to be to people, um, then you're good. I think it's great. What about specifically to somebody that is dealing with depression Mm -hmm. or, they had a panic attack last week or they've got serious stress and anxiety Mm -hmm. um, and they might be 12 years old or they might be 17 years old. 
um, dealing with that and, and they know a little bit of your story, what would you say to them? Yeah. I mean, as cheesy as it sounds like you're not alone, like you, it's so easy to feel like you're the only person on the planet going through that thing. And you might be going through it in a totally different way than another person. And that's fine, but you're both going through it. Yep. Um, and I think it's important too to like vocalize it and to normalize that, like, this is what you're going through. Because mm-hmm. if you keep it pent up, then it's easy to feel like you're just like a weirdo or like no one understands. But I think like naming it and talking about it normalizes it. But then also remembering like there's hope. Yep. And like you were saying, like it's easy and comfortable sometimes to like get stuck in like pain and like you kind of almost like want to feel that way because you're like, yeah. it's just easier. Um, but like knowing that there's hope and that like you're going to make it through it. It's amazing. It's awesome. All right. Where can people find you online if they want to check out some of your writing yeah. or follow you? Um, Kath Bros, Instagram. Yeah. Um, and then Damsel Semi Distressed is my blog. So just Google Damsel Semi Semi. Semi Semi. Whatever. <laughs> semi Distressed. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's Damsel Dash Semi Dash, dash yeah. Distressed.com or dot .org. No, dot .com. Dot .com. Dot org. Yeah. It's an Is anything dot org anymore? I don't know. Probably. Oh, okay. Probably tons of orgs out there. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, that's where they can find you. Yep. And so please, anybody listening, uh, go check out Kath and you will be encouraged. And before we close, um, Kaylee and I, my wife and I, we love you and we think the love world of you. you. Guys. And um and Adley. And knowing your story and all that you've been through and who you are now. Um I, we, we just are so encouraged and inspired by you. And, uh, I think, I think, yeah, our goal, our goal in our life in relationship with you and Caleb is we would do anything for you. And if we can provide, uh, I'm just saying this publicly for everybody, but we (laughs) want to be people in your guys's life that provide a safe place for you to be Mm -hmm. exactly who you are. Um, pain and all, Mm -hmm. um, greatness and all, um, to be, yeah. And I, I just think we'll be, we'll be friends for life because we love you and I love Caleb. Um, and, uh, so, and just believing the best for your future too, that whenever this book releases, that God does more through it than you ever thought possible, that it goes places you never thought possible. Um, and yeah, that your career in writing, um, is, so successful but it's secondary to the impact for the kingdom Mm -hmm. and for god um, because i think i think your writing is going to save lives you know if it hasn't already which is awesome and it's going to introduce people to faith even though that's not necessarily what you specifically write about although you do write about your relationship with the lord um i think it's going to save lives i think people are going to meet jesus as a result of it and so i'm just wishing that you sell millions and millions and millions and millions of copies that'd be great (laughs) So yeah, find Kath Bros on Instagram and online. And thanks so much for being here. We love you. the best. Love you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, be sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube or anywhere else podcasts are found. To stay connected with what we're doing, you can follow us on Instagram at ExceptionPodcast and visit our website at ExceptionPodcast.co. New episodes are releasing every Tuesday. If you know someone who's an exception to the rule and want us to share their story, you can let us know on our website. We're always on the lookout for new stories to share. Shout out to our producer, Tissel, and my name's Kirk Graham. Until next time, as a rule, be an exception to the rule. Peace. Peace.